How you doing, you edgy radicals? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's October 14th of the year 2021. Share, subscribe, tap the notification bell, yada, yada, okie dokie. Uh, we're doing a Q&A today. We got a gajillion questions submitted over at rubinreport.locals.com. But before I get to that, I just want to say I'm feeling good about stuff. I think something might be shifting. I sense a disturbance in the force and a good kind of disturbance. You know, yesterday I covered how CNN actually had two doctors on saying that uh, vaccines that, you know, the vaccine mandate so that you can get on a plane would not be necessary, would not be a good idea. I talked to you about how our sheriff here in Los Angeles is saying he's not gonna force officers to be vaccinated. I sense a little pushback. There was the Southwest Airlines employees who basically caused a whole bunch of flight delays because they're against mandates. People seem to be pushing back and that's actually a perfect lead-in for this first story that we're gonna cover today, and then I'll jump into the Q&A. CNN's lead doctor, Sanjay Gupta. You see Sanjay on TV all the time. He's always telling people what they should and shouldn't put in their bodies, and he's a very respected guy. He's the chief medical correspondent over there on CNN. Well, he went on Joe Rogan, and as you know, Rogan does these three-hour long-form interviews, basically no script, just talking it out, and watch what happened to Dr. Sanjay Gupta when he's not reading off a teleprompter. It's about a two minute clip and then we will analyze. Joe Rogan. Yes. I would say you've had it. Yes. So now get one shot of the vaccine. No. Why not? Because I have better immunity than I would if I was vaccinated. We, so right? Yes. Don't I? I think your immunity is really good. So why, if I've already gotten through COVID and I was really only sick for a day, and then five days later I was negative, and I, I do have the natural antibodies now. Why would I take a chance in getting vaccinated on top of that? By the way, I'm glad you're, you're, you're better. I'm Thank glad you. it only lasted a day. You're probably really the only am. one at CNN that's glad. No, 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 no. We're not. The rest of them are all lying about me taking horse medication. <laughs> we should talk about that. That bothered you. It should bother you, too. They're well, lying I, at your network about people taking human drugs versus drugs for it, veterinary. It, calling it a horse dewormer is not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network, it, it, and it's a lie that's... It's a willing, that's that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Well, the FDA put this thing out. You saw that. Did you see that thing that the FDA put out? What did the FDA put out? <laughs> it was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, stop taking this stuff, or something like that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel Prize, Prize in 2015? 15, yeah. Yeah, no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer? I can afford people medicine, motherfucker. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thick. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. You got this it with it right you. here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do see, you, the, the thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that to, that's a problem that your news network it was not, lies? 
Well, I don't. I don't. Th- Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill, because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication. For parasitic disease, and as you say, it's probably, you know, I think, what, a quarter billion people have taken it around the world? More, I get that. Way more. So Way more. Can, Billions can, of people have taken it. Can I just come back to the one? I want to talk about I, two, No, no, two, no, no. Two no, things no. on you the ledger. To, you have, before we get to that, does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied? Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer? They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? You I, didn't think that was your, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with podcast. such glee. Okay, that is an absolutely beautiful clip, and I'd just like to give a slow clap to Joe Rogan right there, because he's not even making this about the specifics about the COVID treatments and all of that and the efficacy of all of these different things. He's really just saying, CNN, you guys lie. And Sanjay, you're the doctor on the network that lies, and do you have a problem with that? And Sanjay really doesn't answer him one way or another. If I'm not mistaken, and I will correct myself if I'm wrong, I think I saw a clip this morning from a few months ago on CNN where Sanjay himself calls it a horse dewormer. So we're gonna try to find the clip, but I'm pretty sure I actually saw that this morning. Um, He also, Sanjay, did something pretty extraordinary right at the top. When Rogan said, you know, I've had COVID, I have immunity, I took these medications, blah, blah, blah. He says, yes, you have better immunity. You have better immunity. Why are we not talking about that on CNN? I mean, that's the point that I think Joe is trying to get across. Why are we not talking about natural immunity? As I've been talking about, why are we not talking about flattening the curve? Why are we not talking about herd immunity? Any of those things. So Rogan just really, really, I think, did a a bang up job there. And it also shows you, you know, I always talk about that chasm between sort of the mainstream media and then the online media, right? And how that chasm keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I think this is a perfect example of why these guys don't really do these shows anymore. I'm not sitting here saying Sanjay Gupta is a horrible person. I think he's probably somewhat compromised by having to work at CNN and they they care about narrative over truth. But I think he's probably a decent guy who doesn't want people to get sick. Um, But when he's confronted with someone who isn't in the shackles of little sound bites and who isn't purely driven by ideology, which obviously Joe isn't, well then Sanjay kind of folds. There's many other moments in the interview that that are worth watching. But if you don't think any of that is interesting, it started making me think. I've heard Sanjay Gupta talk about an experimental drug too. I'm pretty sure I had heard it somewhere. And then it reminded me of this clip when Sanjay was talking about Ribavarin. Why doesn't he talk about Ribavarin anymore? Because he was into it here. I know it's tough to hear. I've already gotten a lot of uh, a lot of uh, emails and social about the fact that I call this a humanitarian disaster. But I I stand by it. It, it is, and it, hopefully it inspires people to do something about it. There are stories circulating on the internet that in India and elsewhere the drug Ribavarin has been shown to be effective against this virus. Yet Homeland Security is telling the CDC not to make any announcements until stockpiles of the drug can be secured. Well, Dr. Gupta, there continue to be evaluations of several drugs, Ribavarin is among them. But right now, our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. 
You see what I did there, people? That was Dr. Sanjay Gupta playing Dr. Sanjay Gupta in the movie about a pandemic, Contagion. It's a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, and of course, there's Lawrence Fishburne. No, that's not Morpheus from The Matrix. That's Lawrence Fishburne, who is an actor pretending to be the head of the CDC. But Sanjay, for some reason, they can't get actors to play the doctors and the CNN people. They always have them play themselves, everyone else. Uh, you know, is allowed to get an actor to play them. Uh, so yes, just to be clear before I get deleted for having uh, shared misinformation, ribavirin is not a real drug. And Sanjay Gupta in the movie Contagion is not a real doctor. However, Morpheus in The Matrix, that's real for sure. I have no doubt about that. Anyway, I just thought this was super interesting. And just to reiterate what I said at the top, I think there are some cracks that are starting to show, whether it's Southwest employees pushing back, whether it's doctors saying you're not gonna get sick on a plane, whether it's parents saying, hey, I want more information before we inject our kids. All of this is sort of leading to something, but notice which way it's coming from. It's coming from us, the people. It's not coming because the government is like, oh, maybe we've gone too far down this road. Maybe we're pushing people too far. Maybe we're do th doing things that are unconstitutional. It's coming from us, the people. And guess what, you person watching this, you're you, the people, and you have a chance to fix this yourself. On that note, let's do a little Q&A. We got a bunch of questions submitted at rubenreport.locals.com. So let's take as many as we can. Missy says, do you think that deep down leftists are still convinced that the country is better off now? This is a great question that gets to intentions versus outcome, right? So I talked to Rand Paul a couple days ago and, and I asked him some version of that also, which is, you know, at what point do these people who bring in all of the bad policies, at what point do we say that their motives are no longer good? And what he said, which is, uh, you know, a sort of common phrase, it's like they have a big heart and a small brain, meaning they want to help poor people, they want to help black people and gay people and the downtrodden, but their brain is small. So everything that they do hurts those people and then hurts the rest of us by extension. So I don't know that there are many leftists wandering around right now, or even forget like hardcore leftist progressive Marxists. If you're just sort of the average I would say slightly confused or don't care about politics that much Democrat. Could you possibly think this thing's going well right now? As you're looking at the price of gas and now there, these videos are coming out where we're having shortages at you know supermarkets and when you see after what happened in Afghanistan and you see the federal government you know, trying to force states to do things and like the series of things that we all know we all know something ain't right right now. We know something ain't right with Biden. Like all of the stuff, if you're just the average person that pays a little bit of attention to it, well, you might pay a little more attention when you go to the supermarket and they either don't have something or you notice that the price of chicken is up 25% or whatever it might be. So I don't think that the average person thinks things are going well. I think the activist base and the ridiculous media, they're loving it because there is a desire. I'm sorry, I, I have to impugn their motives in this case. There is an absolute desire to destroy this country. Believe people when they tell you what they wanna do and Bernie wanted to burn it all down. These are the ideas that these people have brought in, AOC and Ilhan and the rest of them. They don't think America is good. Nancy and, and Chuck, who I don't think are crazy anti-American radicals, they're just not in charge of their own party and it's pushed by the media and it's fueled by big tech and all of those things. 
But I don't think that the average leftist realizes it. That's my hope, at least. And what I would then hope is that, you know, we've got midterm elections coming up in about a year from now. And my hope would be that there would be the most ridiculous red wave of all time. And I know that saying that is sort of crazy if you know my long history, but reality is what it is. And you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat if you think America is decent and we must get rid of these people and we must fight back. And I don't know what they, I don't know what they think in their heart of hearts, but I know that their actions are destroying the country. So at some point, I guess this is the, the, the highlight reel on this one. At some point, it's irrelevant. That would be the point. If you keep getting everything wrong or if the results of your big heart keep destroying things and keep making crime go up and, and keep making communities unsafe and all of those things and keep making people more depressed and locked at home and all of the problems people have because of all the COVID stuff, well, then it doesn't matter if you have a big heart. Congratulations that you have a big heart, which big hearts, by the way, that's one of the side effects of one of the vaccines that, right? Like this is something that young, young males a certain percentage of them, it's a very small percentage, but it is something, are getting enlarged hearts. I know we're probably not allowed to talk about that. It's been nice knowing you. Um, but again, I'm not telling you what to do with related to the vaccine. But the point is, at some point, your good intentions, as they, as they, you know, the road that you pave in with those things, as that thing goes off the cliff and there's a whole bunch of monsters down there and they're hungry, you know, rancor pit, we got a problem. Abby says, what are your thoughts on the Luden County cover-up? So this story is absolutely insane if you haven't heard about it. I actually just did an hour and a half on Megyn Kelly's podcast this morning. So you can find that on her YouTube channel. I think the full thing's up already if you didn't see it, uh, or you can listen to it on SiriusXM, uh, where we covered this. The short of it is, for brevity's sake here, um, there was a girl in Luden County, Virginia, a young girl, I think uh, high school, was it high school or junior high? Can we get the age on her? I think maybe it was high school, but in effect, she was raped by a boy who was dressed at a girl in a school bathroom. I suppose the boy claims he was trans. It doesn't even matter. That's not really what this is about. And then there was just like a series of cover-ups. It was a high school girl, okay. Uh, there was a series of cover-ups at the school, superintendents, moving people to different districts. And basically it's one of those things where everybody didn't wanna make it seem like they were a transphobe. So then what do you do? You, you sacrifice at the altar of tolerance and diversity, you sacrifice a raped high school girl. That's what all of these people did. It's an extraordinary story. It's not getting much mainstream coverage, of course, because they don't want to expose the insanity of their good intentions. We just want trans kids to feel uh, included. And by the way, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but when it leads to a young girl being raped by a boy, who's dressed as a woman, whether he fully identifies or trans or whatever it is, we got a problem here. Uh, Daily Wire, by the way, is doing a great job of covering this. You're, you're not gonna find much on CNN or New York Times or anything else. And again, this is one of those things, if you believe in ideology, that we have to protect trans people above truth, which is, ah, I'd prefer that young girls not be raped in bathrooms, uh, then all sorts of horrible things happen. So maybe we'll cover it more next week. It's just, it's just a horrific, horrific story. And it's just so, it's so obviously the extension of everything that we talk about on the show all the time. Uh, Vivian says, to change it up, what's your favorite Halloween candy? And what is your least favorite? Without question, I love the Reese's peanut butter cup, okay? I, I love the cup, I don't mind the big cup. 
they have a super big cup, it can be a bit much. And I like the, uh, the little cups, right? I'm down with that. Hate the candy corn. It, it's disgusting. Nobody should be eating it. It, it. it doesn't taste good. You feel horrible after you eat three of them. Uh, but a nice peanut butter chocolate dessert, who doesn't love it? Landon, and as far as I understand, there's no wrong way to eat one. So that's very exciting. Uh, Landon says, do you think the Biden administration's attempt to enforce a national vaccine mandate will backfire politically and legally? This is a little connected to the first question. Well, we're starting to see pushback. We're starting to see people that are going, hey, you know, I've kind of been okay with a lot of crazy stuff and I don't really say what I think when it comes to a lot of stuff. And, uh, but now it's coming to my house, right? Now I work at home, I work remotely. I haven't been to the office in a year and a half, but I have to be uh, jabbed by something because my company says so, because the Biden administration uh, ordered a press release to be sent out because it wasn't even an executive action as we covered yesterday. It was for federal workers and contractors, but not for, uh, for ordinary companies, then people start going, oh, this stuff's really hitting home. Or if right now, I mean, just think about it right now. We, we don't have kids yet. We're, we're working on it and, and God willing, it'll happen. But if I had an 11 year old child right now and here in California where they're demanding that all children 12 and up be vaccinated, and by the way, Newsom has already said he wants it to be five and up. But if you had an 11 year old child right now, and we know that, that there is virtually zero chance of children getting sick from COVID, not zero chance, 0.002, check the COVID, check the CDC numbers on COVID. But kids aren't transmitting it to each other, et cetera, et cetera. The teachers generally are vaccinated, especially in a place like California. If you had some hesitancy as, as a parent, if you just, whatever your personal hesitancy was, whether it was a religious belief or whether you just don't like the government forcing people to do things or you believe that your child's immunity is kept up, you feed the child well, the kid exercises, they're out and about. Um, what would you do if your kid is now facing three months away? They're gonna be 12 in three months and they're gonna have to get vaccinated. So the more that they push things that make people sort of in their day-to-day -day life, in their home with the children that they love and the spouse that they love, the more they push, holy cow, the government is making us do things that will literally affect you, right? Like the person who I share a bed with, the person who uh, I sit on the couch with and watch TV shows. It's like now they can start uh, igniting people to push back. And I sense that that's what's happening right now. What their next move will be, I mean, if we really, if people really start standing up, I mean, how can they call us all racists and all anti-vaxxers and fire all of us? I don't know, I don't know, but there's, there's some hope in the system right now. I, I really feel it right now, I hope you do too. Uh, Joe says, I'm seriously considering running for Congress by primarying the current GOP incumbent here in Florida's 12th district. Talk me out of it. I think the only way we get out of this mess is if normal everyday people take over the house and start working in the best interest of the people and not the powerful donor class. Joe, why am I talking you out of it? You just said it, that's it. Regular people, regular people getting involved, whether you're getting involved politically, whether you're getting involved in your local community, whether you're going to school boards, whether you're, not that I wanna put you on an FBI list, whatever you're doing in your life to fight back, that is it. So talk me out of it. I get, I get what you're doing there, right? Because people wanted me to run for governor of California and I still get all sorts of people asking me to do all sorts of things. And it's like, man, it's, it will be a headache, Joe. Like no doubt about it. Will they try to pull up stuff on you? Yes. Will, will they do unimaginably horrible things? Because I suspect you're a decent you know, human being, right? Like, will they do horrible things to you? Yeah, will your opponents do worse things than you wanna do? Yeah. 
But good people are getting involved. If you didn't watch my interview with Blake Masters, who's running for uh, Republican, uh, running Republican on the Republican side for uh, Senator in Arizona, it's like, check out that interview. This is a decent guy. I've spent some time with him. He's, he's a nice, decent man who did not want to be a politician and he's feeling that he has to get involved to, to push back. J.D. Vance is another one in Ohio. You know, it's like, these are not people who wanted to be politicians. These are people who actually just wanted to be decent people. But it's getting hard to be a decent person right now because politics has become so crazy because the left has, has decided they are here to destroy the whole damn thing. And until enough of us say no, they're gonna keep moving on us, right? And, and one big way you can say no, I'm not gonna participate in the lie, I'm not gonna keep letting you take away my freedoms, I'm not gonna let you keep marching on all the, whole thing, all the things that I hold dear. Well, one way you can do it is by getting involved politically. So I get it, man. I get why you'd wanna be talked out of it, but I'm not gonna do that with the way you phrased that question. You seem like exactly the type of person that should get involved. And how about this, Joe? If you get involved, I will have you on the show. There's my commitment. Let's contact Joe directly. If Joe will run for political office, I will put him on the show. There you go. Uh, Talway says, not a political question, but I've always been curious what your favorite holiday is and what day means the most to you. I'll answer that in two ways. I would say my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the idea that we have this purely secular holiday to be thankful for all of the good things for America. On top of the fact that David's an incredible chef, uh, it's the one holiday that we host here at the house. It's with all his side of the family and, uh, and they're all great chefs. So like our, our food is amazing, but it's like this great time to just be appreciative of all the good things of America. And for someone like me, who's in the political fight all the time, and you know, some of the just endless nonsense that, that it's not, I don't wanna make it about me, but that I have to deal with in terms of the public part of my life and, and fighting for, for the goodness of this country, that there's a day that we like stop and, and, and honor that, that this thing is so freaking good and you better remember that. You better remember that because in 10 years, if we keep going the direction we're going, you're gonna go, man, remember that America? Maybe we're starting, starting to get there anyway, even though I'm hopeful on this pushback right now. We are kind of veering in that way, right? Doesn't it kind of feel like that? If most of us could just go back to say seven years ago and we'd just be like, if that's the America we could have again and feel like we could maybe fight a little more then, well, if you think you should have fought a little more then, um, we should probably fight a little more right now. So I would say uh, Thanksgiving in that regard, I would say in the last two or three years, um, you know, as I've sort of come around more on my, my, the spiritual side of myself and, and the religious side and the traditional side, um, I, I would say Passover has become very important. You know, Passover, uh, obviously, which is the story of the Jews' exodus from Egypt into, into the Holy Land, into, into Israel, even though I know the modern left thinks Jews have nothing to do with that place, even though there's all this uh, Hebrew written on all these artifacts from thousands of years ago, but okay. Um, you know, the story of a people sort of reclaiming their identity and moving forward and, and uh, not, not just accepting what a totalitarian regime wants. It feels valuable to me, right? Like the Pharaoh owned these people. They were slaves in a strange land. And there are messages in that that are valuable right now about standing up for what is right and, and fighting for what you believe in and all that. So I've, I've found Passover uh, to be particularly poignant over the last couple of years. And also you gotta drink four cups of wine. So that's pretty good, that's pretty good. Uh, Storm says, our city assembly just voted to reinstate the mask mandate after some vulgar people spoke out against it. How do we get the best people to speak out against this 
without getting crazy. So first off, I, I don't know what, what city that is, but ugh, more mask mandates, really? Really, October 2021, and you're gonna force people to put cloth on their face at this point? Does the vaccine work or not? Can people make choices for themselves or not? If you're vaccinated and wearing a mask, why would you force someone else to do the exact same thing unless you're an anti-vaxxer? Uh, I'm really sorry to hear that. I don't know what city we're talking about. I'd like to know. I mean, still here in LA, these idiots are still doing it. Um, I just don't leave my house and everything's just fine here. You guys are good, right? You're good. Oh, and by the way, Michael, you're feeling 95% today. Remember, Michael was had a little bit of the sniffles. So he didn't come in one day. He came in yesterday. He was at, what were you at yesterday? What percentage would you say? 90? He was at 90 yesterday. He's at 95. No one has dropped dead here. Connor, you all right? Connor's okay. So everything's fine around here because we let people to make choices for themselves. I didn't demand he have an experimental procedure to work for me. Um, so your question though is what, what's the best thing we can do is start talking, man. Start talking in your town to your friends and your neighbors and maybe with a little bit of humor, kind of hint to people what you believe. Boy, we're out, you know, your, your neighbor's mowing the lawn, you're walking the dog. Uh, you know, it's nice to be outside without a mask, isn't it? And then they might go, boy, you know, it is nice to be outside without a mask. That guy doesn't seem completely bananas. Next thing you know, you're having dinner with these people. Turns out you agree on a whole bunch of other stuff. Actually, there's a little bit in my next book about this sort of thing and how we can sort of rebuild things bottom up and with neighbors and your local community and all that. Uh, Sherry says, what's your best guess about the Biden spending package? Do AOC and the progressives compromise down to two trillion? If so, will Manchin and Cinema agree? Or does the current pressure make Manchin and Cinema blink? Uh, so I'll answer the second part first on the blink part. Like, are they just gonna keep pushing 3.5 trillion? And now I've heard they even wanna get it to four. Like, are they just gonna keep pushing that, keep calling Kristen Cinema a far right maniac, keep attacking Joe Manchin? These are Democrats, by the way. Is the media just gonna keep trying to destroy these people and have people show up and accost them in bathrooms and on airports and at airplanes, uh, you know, all these things? Like, is that the route that we're gonna go and will that break them eventually? Um, I suspect that's not gonna break them, actually. I think they knew it was kind of coming. It's not fun to be accosted in a bathroom or on an airplane or at an airport, but I don't think that's gonna break them. If anything, I think it's showing them, boy, we're really fighting some radical nuttiness. And it's radical nuttiness that the Democrats obviously have wanted to be here. Just watch the video we played last week that we've played a few times. Maxine Waters, get up in their faces. Don't let these people have dinner peacefully, et cetera, et cetera. This is what the Democrats want. They want a hyper-polarized political society so they can keep attaining power throughout it because everything will feel so hysterical. Only they, through tolerance and diversity, can make everything okay. Um, so as for your question, whether whether they get this down to two trillion or not, look, they've got some negotiating power, right? I think there was a, a letter sent from Manchin to Chuck Schumer a few months back where he said he was never gonna sign anything over two billion. Does that sound familiar? I think it was over two billion, maybe it was 2.5. So look, this is what politics are about. It's about negotiation. So Manchin had stuck out a position. It was either two or 2.5 billion. He had said that months ago. So then they, they basically doubled that, right? They went to 3.54 billion. So it's like, uh, let's see. Oh, he had wanted, what was it? I'm sorry, trillion, not, I'm sorry, I keep saying billion. Uh, he wanted uh, two trillion, you know, they're trying 3.5, maybe four. Uh, so the point is, this is what politics is. It's a, it's a negotiating process. I suspect they're not gonna blink, but then the question is, will, will the rest of the Democrats blink? Like they're so radical that will they be like, oh, two is enough. And by the way, 
it costs, whatever the number, whatever the final number is, it does cost that number, it doesn't cost zero, just because you're taking it from other people doesn't mean it costs nothing. Kyle says, as unlikely as it sounds, what would you think of a Ron DeSantis, Tulsi Gabbard presidential VP unity ticket in 2024? Well, first off, I think it would be freaking fantastic. That's number one. And I will even go a step further. And I don't know that Ron DeSantis or, or Tulsi Gabbard will be thrilled if I say this. I don't think it's that unlikely. I actually think there might be a decent shot of something like that happening. Ron DeSantis, you all know my feelings about him. He has been just sort of the dictionary definition of what a governor is supposed to be, especially in these last two years. He has fought to keep his state open. He has let people make choices. He has kept critical race theory out. He's not doing mandates. He is trying to keep the economy alive, trying to let people flourish with some uh, personal choice. Spectacular, and I think he's a good guy and he's willing to fight. He's got a great, uh, I think his press secretary, this girl, I think her name is Christina Pershaw or Pushaw. Uh, she's just fantastic. Um, so they've got a team that's fighting the right way. Then you've got Tulsi. And now what's interesting about Tulsi is as radical and crazy as sort of all of the Democrats have gone, please, I ask you guys all the time, it's like, show me a mainstream Democrat, either in the press or, or a political operative. A, de a senator, a congresswoman, somebody that doesn't seem like a total lunatic or radical right now. Tulsi is the one. Tulsi is the one. She, Tulsi believes that America is decent. Tulsi actually, you know, the reason she hasn't been around much over the last couple of months is she's she's still serving in the military right now. Uh, Tulsi, I think, is is basically a moderate with some lefty leanings, and she's willing to talk about all these things, but she believes in capitalism, she believes that America is decent, she believes we should keep this country, all these things. I don't know that there's a home for her in the Democratic Party. So there's an interesting idea there. It's like DeSantis, take the lead. Tulsi, come and make all of those moderates, that huge group of people, make them. Here, I'm gonna go this way. That was to my right, I'll go this way. They're on the left, we're gonna bring them over and show you that the Republican Party is not that radical or mean or racist or anything. I think there really, really, really is something there. I hope neither one of them are pissed at me for saying it but I really think it is possible. And, uh, and wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be pretty freaking healing? Like who in there, I, I know the media can, can do all sorts of things and, and make, uh, make everybody seem like a radical and a racist and all that stuff. But like, you'd have to be bananas. You'd have to be truly like off your rocker crazy to be like, oh, this tag team of Ron DeSantis, a pretty moderate Republican. But I get it, a little Trumpy, but pretty moderate Republican. And Tulsi Gabbard, a very freaking mainstream Democrat of 10 years ago. These are the bad guys. That's the bad team. These are the crazy right-wingers coming to destroy the country. It would, it would be so ludicrous um, that, that I think we could get a lot of people. And I also think both of their temperaments are right. And, and Tulsi, who I know a bit more, is just an absolutely lovely person. And I think that there's, that's the chance, man. That's the chance. I like it. Uh, Phoenix says, any updates coming to locals soon like new features, bundles, and private messaging? Ah, I wish I could tell you everything right now. Okay, we have major, 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 major stuff going on with locals. We should have some announcements uh, very soon. There's a lot cooking at the moment. Uh, we are working on bundling, by the way, to directly answer that one. I know a lot of you, you know, if you subscribe to me and you subscribe to Scott Adams, 
and you subscribe to Greg Gutfeld or whoever it might be, that, that does start adding up and we don't want cost to preclude anyone from joining any of the communities. We built this first to free creators. That was the, the original intention, right? We built it for me first. Like how could I be free of big tech? And then we spun it off to all these other people who want to be free as well. Uh, so bundling wasn't in the idea. Bundling is very complex, by the way, because if, it's, if we're like, okay, well, it's uh, a $20 bundle to get 10 creators. Well, now those 10 creators only get $2 each, but maybe they were charging five monthly. Uh, so we have to figure out the finances. You know, you could say, okay, this person's more popular, has more followers, so they're gonna get a little bit more of the money, and then you start figuring out ways to fiddle all stuff. It's extremely complex, and you have to get all the creators to be on board. Uh, but yes, we are working on that. Yes, we are working on private messaging. I really want that. Um, you know, these things take a little bit of time to build, but we're working on private messaging. As you know, we, we just, well, now it's been about two months, but we do have live video streaming on there. But I want you guys to be able to communicate with each other privately. Right now, we've got a news feed and people can comment and like and all that stuff, but it's in the public setting, although you can set your, your own posts to be private. But I want people to be able to contact one and one not like sort of on the main front page front facing page. So we're working on a whole bunch of other stuff and, and some big announcements, hopefully uh, in the next week or 10 days or so. Rhiannon says, do you have a favorite musician or band? Rhiannon, well, you know, Rhiannon by uh, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, is it Rhiannon? Yeah, Rhiannon by Fleetwood, uh, not Rihanna. That's, that's that umbrella woman. Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. Great song, I love Fleetwood Mac. They're probably my favorite like band of all time. Like just like the breadth of work we got engaged at a Fleetwood Mac concert. We've, we've seen Fleetwood Mac live a million times. Absolutely love them. Stevie Nicks is like just the most transcendent. Just Google Stevie Nicks dancing. The, the girl is just, she's just incredible. Um, but you guys know, I love the old crooners, so I love Sinatra. I love Dean Martin. I absolutely adore uh, Frankie Valli. Um, if you want like some other stuff that I can tell you, I listen a lot during the day here when my guys are working here. I have a lot of Pat Metheny on in the background, which is it's instrumental, kind of chill, relaxed stuff. Uh, the Rippingtons I really like, kind of a little up more, also not, not vocals, just, uh, just sort of tunes to like, you know, kind of keep your mind going throughout the day. And uh, I'll give you one more. Well, I think you guys know, I, I love a lot of classic rock too. That's sort of within the, the Fleetwood Mac situation. But I once got busted for smoking pot at a Journey concert in Orange County. I was outdoors with Kelly Carlin, my friend Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's daughter. We were smoking a little weed a couple years back. Uh, obviously, I've got the glaucoma and I couldn't see the stage and she said, oh, I've got a little something that might help. And uh, we were smoking a little weed and uh, we got busted at an outdoor Journey concert. I thought you had to smoke weed at an outdoor Journey concert in Orange County. We got busted there. Uh, Elizabeth says, curious to know if you're following all of the protests in Europe and if you think they're making a difference. Seems like they've been protesting for months, yet nothing's changing. There is some crazy stuff going on in Europe right now. You know, I've tried to talk a bit on the show about Australia. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Australia tomorrow during the panel. Um, I've got Sydney Watson on, uh, who is Australian originally. She's doing a new show with Elijah Schaefer over at The Blaze now. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in Australia. Uh, but in terms of Europe, there are massive anti mandate protests happening in Italy, they're happening in France, they're happening in Germany. Now note, you're not seeing any of these on uh, mainstream media, are you? You're not seeing any of these when you tune into ABC or CBS or NBC or CNN or MSNBC or any of that. Why would they not be showing that when there's thousands of people in major cities in Europe protesting vaccine mandates? Could it be that they don't want you to see that people are pushing back? 
Could it be that they don't want you to see that because they don't want you to start doing that here? Could it be that they're kind of almost working for the government? Could I be a complete conspiracy theorist? Some of this is starting to make some sense. Huh. Um, anyway, yes, I, I will do more on each of these things. Just this morning, I mean, just before we started, I saw some crazy protests in Italy. People just want to be free. These are, and don't let the narrative fool you. People want to be free. These are not crazy anti-vaxxers who want people to die of rubella and other things, okay? These are people who want to make medical decisions for themselves. And if you push people far enough, you don't let them go to work. And then, you know, the, the stock on shelves starts depleting because of all the other mandates that you've got. And they've got, you know, all these videos now of our ports where goods aren't getting out. And I mentioned the other day, try to buy a couch. But do a little test when I'm done with the show today. Go to CB2, Crate and Barrel, go to West Elm. Where else do people get couches? Go to like any of the places that you would buy a couch. Just put it, literally put in any couch. And, and try to buy it and see when the delivery date is. And from what I'm seeing, because we were gonna buy a couch, everything now is like March, April to buy a couch. Remember in the old days? Remember when America was America and you could buy a couch and have it delivered in three days? Yeah, those days are long gone, my friend. But I think we're gonna get them back because I'm feeling good. Guys, uh, part four of my interview with Michael Schellenberger who wrote a great book, San Francisco, how progressives destroy cities, and indeed they do, uh, is up right now. You can always play along with us at rubenreport.locals.com. The full interview's there already. And tomorrow, as I said, we've got Sydney Watson from The Blaze. She's got a new show out with Elijah Schaefer, who I've had on before uh, from The Blaze. And Jesse Kelly from The First will be making his Ruben Report debut. I should have had the guy on two years ago. It just sort of fell through the cracks. Uh, and by the way, Sydney and Elijah's new show is called You Are Here. So you can check that out on Blaze TV or on YouTube or wherever you watch stuff. You can figure it out. You know, I, I have faith in you. It's the internet. Type something, see what happens. Uh, anyway, busy day today. Uh, oh, we've got uh, Lauren Boebert in studio a little bit later today, and then we'll be inter uh, releasing that. Is that next week? And I believe we'll be releasing that next week. So anyway, I gotta do some stuff. So I assume you have something to do, right? Maybe you're hungry for lunch. Maybe you wanna take a walk. Maybe you've got work to do. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? Anyway, see ya. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.